0: Welcome to Channeled, our podcast about creating more together. Hi, I'm Nancy from Channel 3 Communications, and today I'm here with Rainier DeSmit from Brilliant Eye Multimedia.
1: Hi, Nancy. Hey,
0: Rainier. How's it going today?
1: It's good. I'm having a great time. Awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to this podcast, because this one is a topic that I know fairly well.
0: And it's a topic that I want to know more about. So, cool. you know, I, I, I really want to know more about what you mean by multimedia.
1: That's a that's a big question about, uh, I get that a lot when I uh, mention my company and I say I'm a multimedia artist and people go, what's multimedia? And in my case, it has a lot to do with the tools I use to basically tell the story for the client, you know, to how, how do I present the ideas that we want to get from the client out into the world? Huh. Mm-hmm. so
0: what kind of tools are you talking about you know i know video is a big part of multimedia
1: right no it's it's uh nowadays that's kind of the thing everybody jumps to is video gotta have video in the old days a photo was worth a thousand words and a video is kind of like another thousand pictures so it's a, a very effective way to get uh, a message across quickly
0: but it's out i mean you know video now is you know people pulling out their iphone
1: yeah and that's... posting
0: on facebook right
1: right the core thing of just getting a video with some basic audio, yeah, my, my iPhone can actually do a really good job. There's no argument that um, there there's never been an easier way for people to capture video and get fairly good audio. There's never been a time that's been easier than this. The only drawback is to there's never been an easier time for more and more people to get really crappy video and really <laughs> crappy audio as well. So, yeah.
0: so really, I, I, it's a matter of sort of deciding what level and quality that you need, depending on what your needs are, right?
1: Right, the discerning the discerning level that you have. Uh, and when I say you, I'm speaking more about the client. When a client you know, says, wow, I really want to tell my story, I want to show my product, I, I want to get across the uh, the concepts of my new invention or whatever, there is a certain thing that they have in their mind as to what would look good enough for them to do that. And I think that's part of um, the education process that I've done uh, with clients and along with your company too, with Channel 3, is you know getting a client to realize that a really good product idea or thought badly presented, gets tainted with, the, with that lack of professionalism. Certainly that you want your product or
0: your campaign or whatever to say something about you and then something about your values, right? Right. Um, you know, and if it's a shaky little, you know.
1: Yeah, with badly crinkly sounds and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. uh, Marshall McLuhan, way back in the 70s, said the medium is the message. Mm-hmm. And, and what he really meant by that was the fact that, you know, how you're presenting your idea says so much about You and your idea before people actually hear the words and individual ideas in that particular presentation. So, you know, a a video shot in a certain way, professionally put together, edited and uh, well lit properly, let's say with proper music. That's the the appropriate music. All that says a lot about who you are before people even hear what you're going to talk about.
0: Now I want to explore that a little bit more because one of the trends that I've been hearing uh, amongst communications professionals is that um, the younger generation is looking for real. So you know, mm, sometimes authentic is
1: a big word nowadays. Yeah. yeah,
0: and and you know, not so polished and not mm-hmm. so you know. You and I have done that before, where we've worked with university students, and instead of having right. their room look perfectly polished, we've had yeah. their room look like their room usually looks like. So people really get a sense of you know. What the experience is, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that is becoming very uh, important. And again there's an art in it because if you go too far the one way, again, it just looks crappy, cheaply done and you could spend a lot of money to end up with something that maybe you would have been better off just holding up your iPhone and doing it. (laughs) But I think that's part of what the professional will bring to the game is knowing where that line is. It also depends upon the medium. You know, if we're doing uh, shooting technical videos of uh, some of the scientists that work at like Kingston General Hospital Research Institute, Queen's University, you don't want it too lumpy. You want it tight, accurate, and you want the, you know, the right machines in the background that apply to what they're talking about. Yes, and yet if you're shooting an introduction to a student's residence, well, then you might expect some rumpled bedclothes and stuff. If it's too, if everything's all made really neat, you go, this isn't real, what else are they lying about? Yeah. So there My is kid an art.
0: Doesn't, doesn't have a bedroom like that. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I've,
1: I've never seen a teenager have a bedroom <laughs> like that. So I think a lot of this, again, is the art of what people pay uh, our team to do, yours and mine, is, is to make sure that we're getting the right packaging wrapped in the right wrapping paper that will make it enticing to open. And then once opened, it will be enjoyed authentically.
0: But again, back to that story, right? It's got to tell the right
1: story. That's right. Yeah. yeah, And I think that's where part of the job as a multimedia artist, so I deal with video is one of them, photography is another. Sometimes a still picture is better than a video. Sometimes mm-hmm. a still picture and a good paragraph of text beside it will absolutely get the message across without adding extra confusion or stuff around it. So sometimes it's keeping it right down to just an image, few words or perhaps a paragraph that will hit the heartstrings better than getting, getting a well-produced dramatic, it it almost like we'll get, we feel manipulation very quickly nowadays. I mean, it's,
0: do you think that dilutes the message too? Sometimes it
1: because too much production,
0: yeah, or, or too long. You know, it, yes, you know I talked about this in the past. You know, we I read somewhere that we have a shorter attention span than a goldfish. Yeah, eight seconds. Eight, eight seconds. seconds. We're down to now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So maybe that shorter stock one image is what will yes. really resonate for somebody who's mm-hmm. you know skimming.
1: Well, I think that's, that's the other thing, too. It's a fine balance because people want the complexity or the modernness of a video. Um, but, yeah, they've got very short attention spans. Uh, we just mentioned eight seconds. That's not really just a made-up thing. There's studies that state that that's a possibility that, you know, especially younger generation people under 20, eight seconds, if you're going for 10 seconds, you're going to start losing them, which is mind-bending to me as when I used to do um, radio jingles and stuff back uh, a couple decades ago, you had thirty seconds or sixty seconds and you know thirty seconds seemed kind of short. Now we're down to fifteen seconds. <laughs> yeah. Uh and even in fact five second commercials and things um, in fact, you may remember that we had uh, our team had to do some little spot ads for videos in Toronto transit zones, and that and there were five second videos. Yes, <laughs> it was like how do I get an idea across? It's actually a still picture; would have been better. Please read me, and then four seconds of the. So we are actually always working with this lack of ability. To... Uh, to focus nowadays
0: and on one end but on the other end we're seeing of course the rise in podcast for example and some podcasts are a couple of hours long that's right but it so it's almost like there's two different sides right but right the, the middle is the tough part
1: right and i think that's again back to the professionalism there's an art in there where you can't just use statistics you can't just look at well this is the target and you got to do this and you know thou shalt do 10 minutes and thou shalt not do 15 minutes 20 minutes is right out of the question <laughs> There's a certain, uh, almost a knack to know the client's end uh, listener or end message receiver. Uh, I think that's where teams like yours and mine come into play so much, is we've got to have a good kind of finger on the pulse of things. We also have a finger on the pulse of the technology and which, which gun to use, which bullet to use to hit which target. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently, for a werewolf, uh, you need a silver bullet. You know, so if we're advertising to a werewolf and want to hit him hard, we better use a silver bullet and not use the uh, purple grape. It just that—that that might be good for you know the uh, squirrel that is hungry. <laughs> I have no idea where that went, but well, I don't either. That's why we have the editing room.
0: What else is in multimedia?
1: Well. Audio is a big thing, so podcasts now. It's funny, there's a resurgence. They've been around for quite a while. Uh, I can't remember what they were called before they were called podcasts. They were just basically little interview things, and Mm -hmm. we'd slam them up on the internet. Nowadays, listening and getting an idea across, I think because of the short attention span... One thing that happens is we have a short attention span visually, but a lot of us in modern society are trapped, example, in cars for long periods of time, yeah. commuting. There are times where you've got to sit through something. Maybe you're in the dentist chair and you, know, you want something to distract you for more than you know, 30 seconds. Yeah. Well, a podcast is an example where people don't have to visually be tracking anything, but they're getting information. And so podcast is excellent for getting longer um, streams of information to someone. It also, by their nature too nowadays, they're a little more authentic, as we mentioned earlier in this particular podcast. It was authenticity is important because I want to really feel like I'm getting someone's thoughts versus yeah. a nicely edited, chopped up, precise package.
0: Like you're part of a conversation, right?: Right. And I wonder if that's part of it. It's interesting because I think maybe for people in our society being a little bit more feeling isolated, that they do feel like, you know, they may be in their bedroom, but they're actually in a conversation with somebody it's like they're they're hearing but i also wonder if it has to do with the fact that people are trying to reduce their screen
1: time you can actually close your eyes or you can literally be sitting under a beautiful tree by a nice beautiful river looking at the beautiful you know beavers building their dams while you're listening to something talking about particle physics or something like that i mean it's very interesting you get to pick the background of what you're doing Mm -hmm. We used to use a term in the old days for, uh, again, for radio, which is, it's funny, podcasts are basically the old radio interviews, but we used to call it the theater of the mind. Right. Because the neat thing about audio is you make up your own visual. It's like a lot of people are losing the art nowadays, but reading a book. Yeah. It's so brilliant. I still remember how exciting it is to read a book and get into this world, you know, and then five years later, they make a movie and you go, holy, sh- that's not thought <laughs> And sometimes it's like, oh, my God, this is exactly like I imagined it. But more, you're, more usually, it's like, oh, man, did they mangle that? That's not.
0: <laughs> and you touched on something really interesting there because audio allows us to create our picture in our that's mind. Right. Yeah,
1: the, it, we really
0: visualize what we want to visualize. And maybe that's why people can engage with it so easily as opposed to a visual. You're getting someone else's interpretation.
1: Right. You're basically allowed to create uh, an inner universe. Uh, music is another g- good example. It, it lets you go where you want to go. And again, I think as professionals, we have to also figure out how to engage the client's uh target audience you know we have to ascertain what is that audience looking for and then uh, package their message in a way that that audience likes it so sometimes it's like i just i just want to hear what you got to say man and other times it's like i i ain't got much time here i got 30 seconds what do you got (laughs) show me so, the show me versus just sit back and I'll listen to what you got to say, yeah, yeah um, and so those again, two different medias the just audio only versus video, that's another um a part of the process when dealing with a client is what is going to serve them best,
0: yeah, well speaking of music you you yeah. also
1: write I do write music, yes. Mm-hmm.
0: What do you think about when you are composing, let's say, for a jingle or new I mean, You composed my podcast intro, That's which was great. great. And
1: Thank you. And if you're talking about uh, as an artist, it's a we could spend two or three podcasts just on the you know the art of songwriting for Rainier De But I think when it comes down to more of a commercial writing um, for jingles or for audio tags and things like that, audio logos. A lot of that, again, is I, I like to get a sense of hang out with the client a bit, whether it be over a glass of wine or over a coffee. Um, sometimes a phone call is all that's available, but I like to get a little bit inside their head a bit to get a sense of what their energy is about. I like to hear them talk about what they're excited about, about their project or their mission or their whatever mm-hmm. they want to communicate. Mm-hmm. And that kind of usually sets up some kind of feeling in me or something that kind of guides me down the line, whether they're snappy and chipper or whether they're more, you know, melodramatic or whether they're more you know light and spritzy yeah. and that helps guide me down the the path of what kind of audio because it may not be musical sometimes it's just sounds and things you know oh, okay um so a lot of this is getting inside the client's head and, and knowing even if they don't know it getting a feel for what they inherently feel would be a good sound for their branding for their identity
0: okay So we've talked about video, we've talked about photography, we've Mm. talked about audio. Mm -hmm. How does it all come together?
1: Well, that's an interesting thing. I think um, one thing that helps it all come together is Final Cut Pro, Apple Logic, and Photoshop. (laughs) I mean... And I'm kind of being funny, but it's also true. I mean, these are all tools that, again, anybody can nowadays for a few hundred dollars get all the the software that literally a decade ago I would have had to, and I did, I would spend thousands of dollars to have that myself. And it's funny, when I drop a thousand bucks for an audio editing program, I would really spend time learning it, get my money's worth out of it. How it all comes together is craft. So I think there's an art in choosing what notes, what sounds, uh, what camera angle, uh, what camera uh, focal length to use, where should the light come from, Uh, do we use a cello or do we use an accordion, do we use a bagpipe. (laughs) Never a bagpipe. (laughs) These are all artistic things that are part of the creative process. But how it all comes together is craft. You know, having yeah. um, the ability to hammer the nail straight and s- cut the wood with the saw straight—that is craft.
0: Yeah, and I, I think I like what you talked about in terms of craft and creativity. Do
1: we wait here? Yeah, we'll wait for a, half a second. We'll go to the. Okay,
0: um, you know, interesting that you talk about creativity and craft. Um, creativity is an interesting thing. I think that you know. People will say to me sometimes, you know, oh, that's such a creative approach. You know, right, I'm yeah. just. Where not, did
1: you think of that?
0: Yeah, I'm um, not creative at all. Or yeah, I am creative, yeah, yeah. and but I think we all have creativity in I very think different so. ways. absolutely. So We're- when you think on the multimedia sort of universe the audio and the video, and mm. what gets your creative juices going? What gets you thinking in that way? You talked about, of course, talking to the client and getting inside right, their head. Right,
1: yeah, right. But then when I go away and now have to sit down and create something, there's a couple things. One of the first things I know that really is useful to me is to remind myself that a blank page is not a hideous, scary, threatening area. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Um, just, just actually, literally, it's setting a mindset of the enjoyment of not knowing what I'm going to do. Well, the first thing I do is acknowledge that I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I have no idea most of the time. I, I really don't. Um, example, uh, working on a logo um, just recently for a client. You know, you get the logo and it's like, now I've got to animate this for the beginning of a video. And there's a million options and things. And nowadays I can press a button and have 15 effects on it. And, but it's more kind of going, and going, I don't know what this needs. And just kind of sitting there and maybe taking it apart and putting it together differently and all that. And and that takes you into the next, or takes me at least, into the next realm, which is it's a childlike place. It's this place when I was a little kid and, and my dad dumped a bunch of Lego at my feet and there weren't pirate ships and, and spaceships pre-made back then. This was like <laughs> Lego, which was a square block and a triangle block. Um, I, I didn't know what i was going to build with that and i just start building and and sometimes i'd go oh, i love this and i'd actually put it on my shelf for a day or two because it was so cool And other times i'd take it apart right away it didn't work so i think uh, creatively working with all these tools that i mentioned earlier um, the craft is a lot of that is somehow embedding the activity with that child like i i don't know what i'm doing but i'm doing something And it's kind of like there's an adult part's watching, and when the kid does something good, they go, okay, stop, that's good. (laughs) Let's use that. I don't (laughs) know if that makes sense, but it's a combination of maturity and immaturity that I think, for me, (laughs) generates that creative zone where I, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and then clients says, well, well but do you know what you're doing? Well, I absolutely know what I'm doing. Well, what are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a paradox. And uh, it's actually quite exciting when one lets oneself be inside that paradox. That's a lot of different things just come out of nowhere.
0: Oh, for sure, yeah. You know, and, and, and I think for clients, um, some of the scary part is, how do I get started?
1: Well, it's neat. Some clients come in and they... they, they well, this is good and bad news. Some clients come in and they know exactly what they want. <laughs> and um, you know. And the, the challenge is they don't have the craft, the tools, or usage of the tools well to be able to execute it. So let's skip to the, the more average client, which is someone who kind of has a sense of what they want. More likely than not, they definitely know what they don't want. So usually with a few good questions and, a, again, a good conversation, you can start feeling out what they're looking for roughly. If I've listened well, you know, and, and if I'm working with other creative people like yourself, if we've listened well, we go away and we create something that, you know, hopefully is about 80%, maybe 70% right. And it goes back. And then by finding out what they didn't like about that, you tweak it down and then you get a chance at that point to, you know, hit a home run with that and, uh, get it up to a hundred percent or at least 98.9. Yeah.
0: So tell me, um, Tell me about some of your favorite work. What do you really like? What really gets you going, gets you passionate? What kind of work?
1: Wow. Um, we do a lot of work, as you know, over at the um, uh, some of Kingston's biggest research uh, institutes and hospitals, universities and that. And there's people there that are doing stuff that just blows my mind. And I'm not doing much. I set up the camera. I get the lighting right. I get the audio going and all that um you're asking the questions but i just sit there and like gobsmacked at some of the stuff these people are doing and it's all exciting to me because it's it's spreading knowledge it's spreading information it's getting knowledge health knowledge a lot of the times out there medical knowledge yeah, and it's exciting knowing that they we're gonna get we're gonna spread knowledge you know yeah. again from basically from the high ranking officials of knowledge and the keepers of the truth and just getting it out into the streets and the common rabble that Deserve to have that same information, just uh, just as much. Exactly. Mm.
0: So as you know, I'm very keen about having core values in a, a yes, company yeah, and, and really yeah. finding clients that really align with those and so that we have a win-win situation. Right. Yeah, and I know you feel a, the same way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Tell me a little bit about what you feel is important in terms of having a client and, and working with a client. and
1: Having a good relationship with them. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think that's one thing where you and I very much agree is uh, any kind of business transaction, work transaction, it's a relationship. It's not just uh, the old saying in the old days was, you know, it's not personal, it's business, which was always my first clue that they're about to me over something. (laughs) And so I think that made it hard for me to work in the industry at first. I think a win-win is always achievable. When I'm dealing with a client, you know, if I don't understand something, it's my responsibility to ask a better question not go why the hell can't they talk to me why can't they get there it's like they're coming to me to actually help them get their message out that's part of the issue is that they're not brilliant communicators a lot of people aren't they're brilliant in something else in their life like perhaps molecular science (laughs) but they're not a great talker so it's exciting to get into a conversational level with a client and really get their passion and that's important to me that there's this two-way street flowing yeah does that make that makes
0: great sense Well, I always like that we get to collaborate together.
1: We do, and I do like it. I think we're very good. You're the funny one, and I'm kind of the more straight person. And I like that. It's perfect. It's perfect.
0: Thanks again, Rania, for being here today. I'm
1: really glad this was very fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to our next podcast that we're going to do up ahead.
0: Cue the music. <laughs> This is Nancy Corrigan from Channel 3 Communications, and you've been listening to Channeled, our podcast.